The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC. An equal housing lender. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. It's a Thursday edition of Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Bennett Hip in the guest co-host chair at Bennett Hip. And today's guest on Talk of Champions is Jeff Coons, almost inside linebackers coach. Bennett, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? What was the biggest news for you this week in Ole Miss world? Was it the basketball non-conference schedule being announced? Was it media day attendees? What are you thinking? Uh, it was definitely not media day attendees because that of media day is it just so overplayed course. by this point. Um, I, basketball for me, I, I um, you know, I, I think the schedule announcement's always intriguing and uh, seeing how almost puts together a schedule and how it turns out. So that was definitely the more, uh, for me at least, that was more interesting thing of the week. A lot of good matchups for Ole Miss basketball. Butler, December third at Wichita State, January fourth. In the first round of the NIT tip-off in Brooklyn in November, Ole Miss will take on Penn State. Which one of those do you think is the best matchup? Uh, let's see. My guess is, is probably that Penn State game. Uh, they're going to be kind of on the bubble as a tournament team. I want to see Butler, how they do. They lost some pieces, obviously, um, but you know, they're always usually pretty good. So I, I think the, the the getting Penn State in the first game of the NIT tip-off in Brooklyn is pretty good. Um, that, that probably, that game probably intrigues me the most. Uh, but, but Butler also is, is a, uh, really fun home game and for a home schedule that doesn't have a lot of great games, that one is really good and really interesting and should be really fun. 
there are four games that are going to decide this non-conference schedule, all of them winnable for Ole Miss at Memphis, Butler, Penn State, and Wichita State at Wichita State. If you go two and two in those games and take care of the rest, which I think Ole Miss will, you're in good shape entering the SEC schedule. Uh, do you think it's a strong enough non-con? How will it affect RPI? There's so much to go into this before the season starts. We're months away from determining yeah. whether or not this is strong. But on the surface, it seems like they've done enough to where they could set themselves up for SEC time to make a run at the NCAA tournament again. Yeah, you know, it's not the strongest non-conference schedule no. in the world. Um, I'd have to look back at last year's. But on paper, it might be a little step down. But, I'm, you know, I, I would have to go back and look. But – Uh, What they have done is they've given themselves some really good kind of marquee opportunities to win on road and neutral courts, you know, at Memphis uh, and Brooklyn for the NIT at Wichita State. Then obviously you have the home game against Butler Um, winning on the road against good teams and on neutral courts against good teams is so helpful for your net and your RPI and your Kim Palm and all that. Um, And they've given themselves some really good chances to do that. So, I, I think it's enough. Obviously, you want, you got to win all your home games, and I, I think they will. They, they should, they'll be overwhelming favorites in every home game except the Butler game, and they should still be favored there. Um, but there are a couple games where you're gonna you're gonna go into it, and it's a you can't lose this game kind of deal. But I, I think um, if you win your home games and you, like you said, split or do even better on the road and in a neutral court, you, you're in really good shape going into conference play. So it should provide a pretty good basis for them heading into the meat of the schedule. Jeff Coons, almost inside linebackers coach, coming up in about 10 minutes on the Modern Woodman phone line. Media, SEC Media Day's attendees were announced on Wednesday. I kind of knew who they were going to be. I talked with the head SID, Kyle Campbell, about who they could potentially take to SEC Media Day's. So it wasn't surprising, yet there was a conversation on the Ole Miss Spirit message board, omspirit.com and affiliate of 247 Sports, the website that I write for, that taking Matt Corral, putting him in that pressure cooker, could be challenging for him. Guys, SEC Media Days is dumb. He'll be fine. He'll be perfectly fine. He is the youngest player going to SEC Media Days. What did you think about Matt Corral getting the call? Uh, I'll just say if Media Days proves challenging for Matt Corral, Ole Miss has much bigger <laughs> issues than yeah. Media Days. You know, then then they've got real problems. Um, I thought it was good. I think you had to take him. I don't know that there was any way to justify not taking him. This is his team, and you spent all offseason saying this is his show, and you, you he's the guy. Um, so I don't know that you could really spin it in any sort of way to say no, we shouldn't take him. And but I do think it's interesting that that teams around the league are are trending more and more toward not necessarily taking their best players, but taking their seniors. And I don't know that's not right, wrong, indifferent, whatever. Uh, it's media days. Who cares? But I just found it interesting. I think Corral's going to be interesting. I, I do want to hear what he has to say, and um, he's got a little edge to him. So I definitely want to. I'm definitely intrigued at the very least. Here's my deal with Matt Corral. If you're Ole Miss football, SEC Media Days has changed for you. It used to be that it was a one-stop shop for media members to come in and get access to coaches and players that they otherwise would not get access to throughout the college football season. But for the SEC, it's turned into nothing more than a TV event, and the media is used as instruments to bring about free, cheap television for the SEC network. That's all it is. For the fo- the schools then, for the football teams, what you're focused on is putting your best foot forward, branding your program, selling your program, generating excitement, 
maybe getting a little bit of media niceties or media praise brought about to you through CBS and one-on-one interviews with ESPN and whoever else might be there. So if that's the case, if you're trying to generate excitement, if you're trying to generate some type of enthusiasm for your program, especially if you're Ole Miss coming off a bad season, then what do you need to do? You need to sell Matt Corral. He's the most marketable player on your offense right now, and that's no disrespect to Scotty Phillips, but it's true. He's the most marketable player on your roster right now on offense. Defensively, when you think Ole Miss defensively, you don't want Chris Lowe or Andy Staples or whoever, Bruce Feldman, talking about incessantly how bad your defense was last year. You want them talking about Mohamed Sanogo, who led your team far and away in tackles. You want them talking about Alex Givens, who's the last remaining remnant of an offensive line that featured a number of NFL prospects. Greg Little was a second-round pick of your Carolina Panthers. That's why you take these guys. So if you're a school that goes with seniors and reward them, cool, awesome, I get it. But if you're Ole Miss, you're trying to sell something. You've tried to sell something with recruiting and it's turning around and you've done a good job with that, with the new coordinators, a new look, uh, a new feel. It's Matt Luke's program, all those things. You take your most marketable players and they've done that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you can't take Jerry on Ely, but he would be another good example of marketability. <laughs> right, exactly. That would be a, a bridge too far. Uh, but and, and I think schools are starting to realize that after a couple of years of teams kind of got away from taking their quarterbacks. I, I think there are nine quarterbacks going this year um, to uh, Felipe Franks from Florida, from Joe Burrow, Kelly Bryant, Corral, Jake Bentley at Carolina. Um the Guantano kid at Texas a- or at Tennessee and then Kellen Mond. So there'll be some star power there. And, and I think Matt Corral has a chance to stand out, but I think at the end of the day, what you want coming out of this is just um, guys that are going to put Ole Miss in the right light. And really um, I'm, I'm interested to see what the questions are going to be because for so long, this questions have been about the NCAA investigation and all this kind of stuff and Hugh freeze and all that, all that stuff. And now it's done and over with, and now Matt Lou gets to get his guys there and sell his program and show off his program and, and how it's different. And I think that's where like a guy like Alex Gibbons comes in because he's been here for all of this. He's been here for the good stuff and the bad stuff. And if anyone is going to be able to tell you what's good, what's better, what's different, how's it changed, he's a guy that can do that and really sell the new Ole Miss as opposed to the previous administration and all that kind of stuff. I still think they're going to all get hit up a number oh, of times about oh well now that all the stuff is gone i mean i've done that i've been a victim of doing that i mean it's, it's easy it's a it's an easy thing to fall into because it was such a big story for so long six years yeah and it, and while it is gone uh, the effects of all this are still evident on the roster and recruiting and all that kind of stuff so i totally get it but at the same time I think from Ole Miss's perspective, this is the first time that they're not thinking about it at all. They're just going out and playing football with no real restrictions or anything hanging over their head. There's no COI hearing. There's no bull band. They're just going back and playing football. And so I think the questions will definitely come. But I, I think from a refreshing standpoint for probably everybody involved, there, there are real answers and you're not just going in this endless circle of, oh, well, I can't talk about that or this or that. Now there's actual football to talk about. And I think for everyone, that's a good thing. Think about the looming sense of dread everyone associated with Ole Miss had going into SEC media days for the last three, four years. 
It wasn't just the players and the coaches. It wasn't just the sports information directors. It wasn't just the fans. It was the media too, knowing the circus you were walking well, you into. The free the question, stuff and yeah, you had the free stuff in that day where there were rumors about whether he was even going to show up. I was just, there. That was the last media days I attended. Yeah, it, it, just all that stupid stuff, and to have all of that out of the way, and to just be normal again, and have a normal media days where you go and you take your guys and we're just playing football and we've got two new coordinators and all that kind of stuff. I think that's going to be refreshing from everyone involved. And I know on Ole Miss's side, it'll be nice to not have to go in and prep all your guys on what to say about the investigation or Hugh Freeze or all that kind of stuff. It's just about what about Matt Luke? What about Rich Rodriguez? What about Mike McIntyre? That kind of stuff. So it's definitely going to be refreshing for all involved, and I, I think it'll be uh, it'll, it'll be just good and different and, and better from the the previous years. One thing I hate is when, and I put this in a story. It was more tongue in cheek, but no one caught it because everyone probably thought I was being serious. When SEC Media Days is declared the unofficial kickoff of the college football season, <laughs> I hate that. It's the it's the middle of July. Like that, it's not like there's not like media days end and then there's a football game the next week or even football practice the next week. There's just that's not how this works. So um, this happens and then three weeks later you have actual practice and then three weeks after that you have games. So no, it's not the unofficial kickoff. The unofficial it's, kickoff is when practice is open. Right. And even then, you're not exactly close because, as you know and I know, even fall camp drags by. It's not doesn't go on for weeks and weeks and weeks. But those couple of weeks, they don't exactly fly by. So it's um yeah, I, I've never understood that, and I, I really just laugh at the people that still try and insist to to make that a thing. Give Ole Miss a lot of credit for carrying Matt Corral to SEC Media Days. He's the guy everyone wants to talk to. He's the name that is associated with Ole Miss football right now. And he hasn't done anything really on the field yet, but he's the guy. You lost eight starters on offense. Eight. Eight of 12. You need Matt Corral to be good from jump. I don't know if he's got that in him. I don't know how they'll manage him. They're going to rely heavily on the run game, as they should with Scotty Phillips and mm-hmm. Jerry Ely, Isaiah Woolard. But Matt Corral is the most associated name to Ole Miss football right now. So give them credit, freshman or not, for taking that player. And that's what you should do. But is there anything we're going to learn, anything at all that we can learn, not just about Ole Miss necessarily, but about any team at SEC Media Days? Before we get that answer from Bennett, real quickly, wanted to tell you about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. And I'm not going to take long, but this is a testimonial. My wife's expedition was on its last legs. I was tired of pouring money into a car that I didn't know how much longer it was going to last. So I went over to Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, called him up first and said, guys, this is what I'm looking for. I'm accepting my lot in life. I am now a van dad. I need a minivan. Brian says, Ben, no problem. We've got the perfect car for you. It was a 2019 Chrysler Pacifica. And I know what you're thinking already. Wait, that probably cost you an arm and a leg. Your monthly payment has to be through the roof. Nope. They fit my budget. I didn't think I could afford that van but they gave me a good, fair trade-in value for the expedition, and my monthly payment is better than I could have ever imagined as far as fitting into my monthly budget. I show up. It was waiting for me at the door. Mason opens up the door. I look inside, loaded up, leather, Sirius XM radio, Bluetooth, CarPlay, everything I was looking for in a car. I didn't even have to walk around the lot. 
didn't have to do anything. And it's not just because they support this podcast. It's not just because they sponsor this podcast that they set that up for me. That's the experience it can be for you. So if you're looking for a seamless car buying process, there's no other place to go. Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. And right now they got deals going on. If you're looking for the car, the truck, the Jeep that fits your family, that's exactly what you're looking for. I was looking for a Chrysler Pacifica. I got it. This is the only place to go. So go check them out. It's Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. They're at 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford. That's just past Kroger. You can give them a call at 662-234-8000. Tell them Talk Champion sent you. I don't know that you really learn much of anything. When's the I, last I think, time we learned something at SEC? Right, yeah, I, don't, I just don't think in this day and age it, it's all – there's so much media coverage 24/7 365 that there's no new revelations and even if there were teams are so secretive now that they're not going to give that away at media day anyway. So I don't think you learn anything. I think from old Mrs. perspective the most you can learn is I do think there's an interest and an intrigue as to how Matt Corral kind of handles himself. Not this isn't a negative thing or a positive thing, but he's got an edge to him. He he you know, he's got he he's confident, he's cocky, which is great. That's what you want in a quarterback. But we also haven't really seen him in media settings that often. I know he's done a couple, but um, this will be his first kind of trip around the, the league. And I just want to see how he handles it because we've gotten so used to Jordan Tamu and guys like that who were very good at getting up there, being very polite, kind of quiet, saying really nothing at all while answering the question and then moving on. I don't know that Corral is going to do that. He's going to have some edge to him, I think, and, and going to have some confidence to him. And I, I just want to see it and and how it plays out. Because I think from the media standpoint, the only thing they really know about him is he got in a fight in the Egg Bowl. So this is his chance for to kind of get out on the big stage and, and to kind of show everyone what he's about and, and who he is. He's going to have to strike a balance. Yeah, and and I and I think he can totally do it. It's not like a worry or anything, but I, I'm just kind of intrigued to see how he handles it and, and what he does. Um, he has to because, exude confidence. He has to exude right that arrogance be, that makes him what he is, who he is. But also, you have to earn your right. Keep there, there's too. a fine line between like, yeah, I, I'm he can't be Johnny Manziel. He, he can't be an asshole. He can just you want to be confident, but you don't want to cross the line and and become something different altogether. And I think he's going to do that. Ole Miss is very good at prepping their guys for going. So I don't have any, anything there, but I'm just kind of intriguing for the first time in a while. There's new names and new faces um, for Ole Miss. And I think that's a good thing. Every year I say, I'm going to go to Destin next year and I don't go, but Destin is where the coaches meetings and AD meetings is where you actually get news like you used to get at SEC Media Days. It's completely shifted. SEC Media Days used to be an event, and it's still an event for fans. And But for media, no, it's not. It's nothing more than a grand show to be put on by the SEC Network. I'm curious to see if anyone who's actually going to be there, because I'm not going. I'm the man behind the desk again for the second straight year, and I'm happy to do <laughs> that. I hate going to Hoover. If anyone, any Ole Miss beat reporter, any national reporter, if Dan Wolken is the journalist he claims himself to be the national columnist for USA Today, they're going to ask Farad Green about his dad paying Leo? That would be fascinating. Why not? He's there. You've got access to him. Ask him. He's not going to say anything, but it's in the NCAA investigation itself. It's listed in the report. Why not? Well, that would require reading the report. Which, Ooh. You know, no, that's not, not a shot at anyone in particular. I just, well, it could be I, a I, shot I, at a lot of people. 
Well, that's what, like, just in general, like I think we saw when things came out, there were there were media members five minutes after it got released tweeting out, "This is what to take from it." Like, bro, it's it's like a bunch of pages. There's no way you could have read it. Like, there's no way. Ten minutes after the thing came out, you've already read it, summarized, taken out bullet points, and and been able to effectively say what was in it and and all that kind of stuff. So. I, I mean, I don't think anyone's really read it. So that would require someone to have read it. And I'm just not sure yeah. that anyone on a national or, or a regional level has really done that. And and, and if you're someone that covers, I don't know, Missouri or Tennessee, there's really no reason for you to have read it. So it's just one of those things. If a national beat reporter, a national columnist for USA Today, wanted to truly meet the standard of journalistic excellence. I don't believe journalistic excellence is something that exists in sports reporting, but whatever, that's neither here nor there. But if you want to claim yourself to be one of those people, then you should know and should follow up on the fact that in that COI meeting and when they're sitting there talking with lawyers and representatives for all the parties, the most contentious and off-debated topic was that payment from Farad Green's dad to Leo in that room. Every member had to defend that. Every member had to argue that. And yet there was no traction gain nationally from that. But a lot of that had to do with the media, the national media, more than anyone else. What's that? Acting like the NCAA, having a predetermined outcome and reporting to that outcome, just as the NCAA investigative arm had a predetermined outcome and investigated to get to that outcome. Yeah, and I guess for me, it's just at a point where I just don't really care. Like, I, I'm oh, I don't be, care anymore. I would just love to see him asked. See, I'm just not even sure I would. Like, I'm so tired of it all. And, and he's not going like, to say anything. Well, so it's not like you would go anywhere or be any sort of purpose except for being a thing on Twitter for like another day or make the rivalry somehow more toxic than he already is. So like, I, I just, I'm just so tired of everything involved in the investigation that I was just, well, it doesn't you know. exist anymore. There's nothing there. And that's been well, wonderful for me. Right. You yeah, were, you sure. took, you had a first row seat to my misery for six years. I did. <laughs> he would get calls at one, two in the morning after something else came across my, phone or my desktop and i would call him and be like oh god man i i can't anymore with this this is absurd i I can't and it was constant it was every day i lived in it and stood in it every single day and yeah so so at this point i'm just yeah i'm over i'm just so over it where i just don't even care yeah and Um, i think Ole miss fans and Ole miss in general is over it too it's done it's done with and that's the beauty of this sec media days even last year even last year, all the questions were about, okay, Matt, it's your program. Hugh Freeze is gone. You're the head coach now. You had the interim year. What was that like, and how do you move on? And it was all a different variation of the same thing. How are you moving on? How is right. Ole Miss moving on? Well, it's moved on now. It's done. Should have been done a long time ago. So for the first time, and I think we can tack on two years here, for the first time in eight years at SEC Media Days, the main topic of conversation for Ole Miss has nothing to do with anything but football. And that's great. That's a great part of it. That's the yeah, only good sure. part of it. Yeah. No, it's definitely a 
definitely a nice change of pace to get back to some sort of normalcy and get back to football. And, and it's and it's a good timing because Ole Miss has lots of questions to kind of find out and answer on a football level. I mean, this is a team that really needs to go to a bowl game for multiple reasons, for program reasons and university reasons and just – um, it's just going to be a, a really fascinating football season. And so it, it's nice to have that be the focus again. If I made you predict right now, six wins or under six wins? I felt for a while that they're very much in the five to six kind of window. And it just kind of depends on, I want to see what Memphis looks like. I know that confidence in Memphis for that team is very high. I think the over under for them is nine and a half wins. I know, um, Bill Connolly, formerly of SB Nation, now at ESPN, and his S&P Plus rankings have Memphis with a chance to go undefeated for the year. Um, so I, I just – I'm not sure I see that, but I, I want to see it. Yes, I know they're a pretty good team. Then I want to see what Arkansas does. Um, you know, they have the kid coming in from SMU to play quarterback, and I, I just think those two games are so important. And then that and the Cal game as well. So there's just so many swing games in there. I think six is very possible. I would be surprised if they if they won less than five, but I would be surprised if they won more than about seven. So I think a bowl is very possible. I don't know that it's realistic or you should bet your house on it or anything, but I think it's certainly possible. I'm on record saying that I believe they're going to go six and six. I have no basis for that opinion. But one person who's going to be important in getting Ole Miss to six wins is Jeff Coons, Ole Miss inside linebackers coach. He's joining us now on the Modern Woodman phone line. I'm Ben Garrett. He's Bennett Hip at Spirit Ben at Bennett Hip. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, talk of champions in iTunes. We're also available on SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We should be there. But if it's not there, hit me up on Twitter at Spirit Ben and tell me and I'll get it on there for you. The podcast brought to you by Thomas Chandler, your modern Woodman representative. It wasn't so long ago, I'm talking a couple of months, where financially I needed some help. Not that I was struggling, but getting my finances in order, organizing my money so that I'm in the best position for retirement, preparing for college for my kids, and everything else. I'm sure most every one of you can relate. And that's why you should do like me and contact Thomas Chandler today. He's your local modern Woodman representative, and he'll get you right for retirement or savings or whatever you need. He's done it for me. He'll do it for you. What does Modern Woodman do, though, you might ask? Financial security for you and your family through life insurance, financial planning, and financial services. Quality family life through member benefits and local fraternal activities. And community impact through volunteer projects that make a difference where members live, work, and play. It's time to get rid of your financial burden. Contact Thomas Chandler, 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. Or you can check him out at www.modernwoodman.org. www.modernwoodman.org. That's Thomas Chandler, your Modern Woodman representative. Joining me now on the Modern Woodman phone line is Jeff Coons, linebackers coach for Ole Miss football. It's the first time Jeff and I have really talked since he got here in March. How you doing, man? What's going on? Doing great, man. Doing great, man. Appreciate you having me. No, thanks for being on, man. I appreciate it. It's been a whirlwind for you. Hired in March. You get here for spring ball. What's it been like? Has it slowed down? It seems like it's been nonstop. Oh, 100%. Between, uh, yeah, getting hired on the fourth day of spring ball, and um, thank goodness spring break, I think, started the day after I got hired. So had a little had a little time there to kind of get the terminology down and get with Mike McIntyre and, and – uh, kind of get my bearings straight on the football side of it but then also had a had a week there to go house hunting with my wife and uh it kind of coincided with their spring break back in texas where we were so 
uh, it, it, it was a whirlwind, but actually all the pieces kind of fit in pretty nice uh, going into spring ball. And then uh, had a chance to get the family moved out and get relocated to Oxford right between spring ball and spring recruiting. And uh, so it kind of fell into place, uh, which was kind of nice. But it's, it's been good. It's been a great couple months here to start off with. And it's a, it's a really is. It's a pleasure and an honor to be in Oxford and be a part of this program. What was the hiring process like? When did you find out that there was an opening? You were at North Texas. What made Ole Miss the right fit? And just how did this all kind of come into place? Yeah, you know, it kind of came out of left field, to be honest with you. Um, obviously, we've got connections to the area. I have family in the state of Mississippi, and I grew up in the state of Mississippi from uh, middle school through high school. And uh, we knew we knew there were some changes at Ole Miss, just, you know, through word of mouth and the coaching profession and, and our uh, you know, mutual friends and, and interests and stuff like that. But uh, got a random test out of nowhere from Jacob Peeler, who I uh, worked with at Louisiana Tech years ago, uh, and uh, kind of seeing my interest and kind of seeing if this was something that I'd be interested in talking to Coach about and, and uh, kind of took off from there. Uh, like you said, we were at North Texas. Um, we really enjoyed our time out there, Coach Luttrell and his staff and the community of Denton and uh, the whole administration in North Texas were first class, and, and we really enjoyed our time and uh, obviously had some success out there and, and kind of getting that thing flipped around and, and to what they're hoping is another big season this year. So, you know, the timing for these things is never great. Uh, we were getting ready to go into spring ball out there. I uh, had finished up our recruiting class and, and was in the middle of our offseason program. But, uh, you know, this is a great opportunity for the family, great opportunity for me professionally, and, uh, you know, what really stood out in the hiring process and the interview process was, was Luke uh, and the staff. But to be able to come be a part of a uh, program like Ole Miss and but work for a guy with the conviction and the passion for, for Ole Miss that Matt has uh, for, for Ole Miss football, um, that's kind of a, a rare opportunity in this profession. Uh, all over the place you see guys and it's a job and they're all in where they're at, but it's because it's their loyalty is where their paycheck is. Uh, you will get a chance now to work for a guy, work for a family, uh, with Matt and Ashley that are all in and uh, want Ole Miss to be great and are, are going to do whatever it takes to do that and hire the right people. And I uh, just felt really good about his vision and, and how he was running the program. And you could just see it trickle down through the staff and uh, the guys that he has in place uh, in recruiting and, and in football uh, and how that kind of related to the players. So it was, it was exciting. Like I said, came out of left field, but, but uh, you know, it was, it was fun experience to go through. Philosophically, schematically, what was the crash course like picking up on what Mike McIntyre does with the 3-4? And had you had experience with the 3-4 as far as coaching inside linebackers and stuff like that? What made it the right fit for you? Yeah, um, that, that actually was very um, an easy transition uh, in talking to Coach McIntyre. Uh, we've got some, some mutual friends that also run the 3-4, both in the college and in the pro level. Uh, even though we had not met before, um, you know, it's one of those deals. The longer you do this, you kind of connect the dots and uh, things fall into place. And that kind of showed in the interview process, uh, just like-minded. Um, you know, we were in the 3-3 stack the last two years at North Texas, uh, which kind of converts into the 3-4 uh, high percentage of the time. Uh, it's a very multiple defense. So uh, there was definitely some – uh, experience in that and then I did do a year with along with Will Muschamp uh, after he got done with Nick Saban uh, and his time there back at Texas so uh, working with Will for that year and kind of getting to know that that side of it and the multiplicity of the 3-4 and how it converts on third down and different packages and all that so 
uh, definitely at the comfort level. And obviously, I think uh, Coach McIntyre felt that through the process. So excited about it. Um, we're going to do some things schematically, uh, both front and coverage-wise, uh, that kind of takes what we've been doing the last couple of years at, at different stops and kind of takes it to the next level. So uh, excited to be in and, and just experience in the room, you know, with Freddie and Charles and Ty and, and their experiences. And you just – you sit in that room for just a couple of days and you just can't get help but get excited about the different uh, ideas and the different experiences. And, and uh, it's been, it's been fun really being a part of that. Coaches are pros. So this is probably a naive or dumb question, but when you're hired and you're coming in with a new staff with a lot of new faces as well, Rich Rod, Mike, there's a lot of guys, Tyrone Nix that have been brought in this year. How do you develop that chemistry, or does it come pretty quickly if the leadership is, is good, like you said, with Matt Luke? How has it worked as far as you guys coming together and all those kind of things? That's a great question, actually. We're professionals, we all went different schools, different levels, different titles. Uh, but at the end of the day, we've all been hired for a job. One thing we've said over the years is, is uh, you know, for each, each player to do their 111th of the defense, of the scheme, and, and that's how you have a great defense and everybody understands their role in it. It's no different with the staff. I mean, we all got to do our one tenth or our one eleventh count, Coach Luke. And uh, you know, our our responsibilities uh, were clearly defined, which I believe is the uh, is the key early on. Uh, but then, you know, guys just they want to be great. We want to be successful. We want to we want to build a champion in Oxford. And and when you want to do that, you got to understand uh, what your role is and how important that is. And that trickles down, like you said, from Coach Coach McIntyre and all the way down. So. Um, you know, it, it is it is that expectation and that environment and that culture within the staff room and within that building uh, in the Manning Center that, that you know, provokes that and, and it really establishes that. Same kind of question for the players, too. When you come in during spring ball, you're trying to build that chemistry. How do you do it? How does that work? Yeah, well, and, I, and that's even more difficult, to be honest with you, than your last question about the coaches and the staff. You know, we've got experience. We've all kind of been there, done that. These guys, these young players are completely different um, animals, so to speak, because you've got to get in and, like you said, you've got to develop a relationship and a trust level, and that does not happen overnight. And you've got to trust them. They've got to trust you. And, uh, you know, the thing, you know, another thing, and it's not a reflection on anybody or anything, it's just it's part of college football, but, you know, these guys have gone, and now it's the third linebacker coach in three years, and I believe maybe four in five years. And I don't know if that's true or not, but um, but this is the third third different school I've been at that that's been the case. And I think the the first thing that they've got to know is that you know we want to be at Ole Miss, and, and I'm not talking negatively about anybody else or different opportunities anyone else had to leave, but we want to be there. We want to build a champion. We want to be uh, a part of what Coach Luke's vision is at Ole Miss and with this football program and. And they've got to see that. They got to feel that. And that's that's the number one thing. And then number two, just taking time and, and getting to know the guys, and, and off the field, um, what they can do on the field, how they can execute, what their physical abilities are. Uh, you're going to get to know that. That the film doesn't lie on that. But getting to know where they come from, who they are, what what makes them who they are, uh, who is important to them, things like that. Uh, I had different conversations with different parents of different players over that time to introduce myself to them because uh, that's important too, um, you know, but that's that's probably the most important thing. And, yeah, coming in in the middle of spring ball or the first third of spring ball and doing all that is, is hard, but there's 24 hours in a day. And, and if you can make your time, um, you know, efficient and be efficient with your time, so to speak, sorry, 
and uh, and make that happen, you know, it's possible. So I feel like we got a good start on that going through spring, uh, and I think that continued after spring. Then talking about kind of um, what their goals were going into the summer and get a chance to also sit down and talk about their academic standing, where they were finishing up the semester, different guys are at different levels academically, different years. Um, you know, so I've got a graduate in the room. I got a guy that's about to graduate in the fall. Um, you know, so making sure everybody's on track and doing what they're supposed to do with the academic staff. Uh, so it's, it is, it's a, it's a whole, um, you know, circular process, so to speak, with football and the social life and, uh, and the academic part of it. But, uh, but I think we're on the, on the right track with that. I feel like the room is getting closer together, which is important because if our room is closer together, then that's going to, you know, solidify our position, which is going to make our defense stronger and then in turn make our team stronger. And uh, that's important that we're all kind of doing that part of it. What are your thoughts on the personnel? It sure seems from the outside looking in that Mohamed Sanogo has taken on a true leadership role, ownership of this defense. What are your thoughts on everything as far as your players are concerned? Yeah, uh, you know, he's done a good job. Obviously, the thing that stands out about him is just the level of experience and the level of, you know, he did. I mean, statistically, he did make the, you know, the most tackles or, you know, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly from last year. Uh, so, I mean, he's been in the fire. He's played at a high level at this league at times. Uh, but he's also been the first to tell you that he's got things that he's got to improve on. And he's still a young player going into his junior year. Um, but I've been proud of what he has done as far as, uh, not just on the field, but off the field. Uh, he's a great student in the classroom. He's taking his degree very seriously. He's, he's uh, you know, I, I believe he's over a 3.0 GPA. Uh, had a good semester again this semester. So he's a guy that you're not worried about being where he's supposed to be, uh, taking advantage of the academic support that we can give them um, and, and doing those things. So it kind of, that translates on the field. Um, and where he has grown, you know, since then uh, is, you know, this spring with basically playing one-handed coming off that surgery that he had on his wrist, which he's 100% healed now and fine. Uh, but having to deal with that this spring, it was some frustrating times because, you know, to be able to play the position and get off blocks and to finish plays and to do that one-handed is, is pretty difficult. And he was trying to do it with that club on his hand. Uh, so I was proud of him because, you know, really, we he pushed through. He, he You know, he probably could have said, hey, I don't feel real great here. Or this, this drill doesn't – he pushed through and it – Basically, I had to pull him out of stuff. So that said a lot to me about where his work ethic is and what he wants to become as a player because, you know, it is. It's, it's out there that he is uh, has been productive uh, for the defense, and he has done that. But he's trying to stay focused and continue to grow as a player knowing that he, you know, he hasn't even scratched the surface of what he could be. Uh, so that has shown up, and, yeah, that has put him in a, in a leadership role just because of the amount of uh, uh, plays that he's played and, and plays that he's made. Uh, but, you know, there's some older guys, you know, Willie Hibbler's a, an older guy that's been in the program, been been through a lot here at Ole Miss and, and with the position change and kind of getting into learning the, the last year and a half, two years. And, um, you know, he's another guy that's, you know, knows there's things that he's got to work on. He's bought into doing some of those uh, better uh, and, and trying to improve himself. So when you see guys working to improve their craft and to improve their game, that, that kind of bleeds down to the rest of the room. Uh, and, you know, you've got some guys, Chocolate Jones has played, uh, you know, a good amount of football as a freshman last year, but still a very young guy that's, that's kind of learning on the run right now. But I've been pleased with some of his progress. And, you know, a guy that probably stood out more, um, you know, uh, after spring break, when we came back for spring break, those last seven, eight practices of spring ball, Dante Evans uh, came out and had, a, and had a good second half of spring football and 
I'm encouraged to see the progress he's made this summer with his strength and, um, you know, his running and, and where he's going to, he's going to take off or kind of where he left off at the end of spring. So we've got several guys to, to go through the whole room. We've got several guys, but I've been pleased with just the work ethic of guys understanding, yeah, we've got to get better. We've got to improve the standard of last year is not the standard going forward. And we're going to keep, and, and whatever happens this year, isn't going to stay the standard. Whatever happens this year is going to raise again. And that's just part of, you know, not to use the cliche word, but part of that process and of becoming a great defense and a great, a great player. What's the number one thing you demand out of your linebackers? We'll get that answer from Jeff Coons, Ole Miss inside linebackers coach. But first a quick word from modern Woodman. You've walked this path many times before. It's a chance to think especially about your future. How will you turn your retirement dreams into reality? Will you have enough gold for your golden years? Your choices for building funds for retirement can be complicated. Fortunately, you have a friend in the community who can help you make the right decisions. That's your Modern Woodman agent. Your agent is a skilled professional who will listen to your needs and desires and then work with you to create a plan that uses the right financial products to achieve your retirement goals. Build a lasting professional relationship with a trusted financial advisor. Hi, this is Thomas Chandler, your local Modern Woodman representative. Give me a call today at 662-296-0186. Let's make a difference together. Hotty toddy and go Rebs. Get in touch with your agent today. Modern Woodman of America. Touching lives, securing futures. The biggest thing is guys that just want and crave the violence at the point of contact that want to get there in a hurry. And when they finish it, finish it the right way, you know, and finish it. Um, that doesn't mean every single tackle and every single play is a, is a highlight film, but everything in their body with their feet, their hands, uh, their, their lower body, everything is violent, quick and fast. And my job as a coach is to get them there as fast as possible so that they can finish the play in the right body demeanor to be violent. And that's the keys. That's the footwork. That's the steps. That's the anticipation. That's understanding the offensive of, uh, tendencies and where, how they get there. Uh, so, you know, a guy that wants to be a violent guy at the end of the play is going to be a guy that has that violent mentality in the meeting room. And he's learning at a, at a pace that, that is almost frightening and, 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 and is eager to learn the game that is almost frightening. And that translates into a very violent uh, mindset at the point of attack. And, and you, you can't play in this conference, in this division, in this league, at inside linebacker without having that mindset. And that's the thing that we're trying to develop uh, even more so. Uh, at times, I saw that this spring. At times, uh, I plainly said to the guys that we've got to become better at that. And I think that's, that's always the – if you look at the great linebackers that ever played the game, you look at a Patrick Willis that played at Ole Miss, that played at a high level, has a chance to be a Hall of Fame guy. Um, you know, there, there wasn't many things he did that weren't violent. And uh, that's just the kind of player you've got to be to, to, to be great at this position. Lakia Henry comes in. He's wanting to start. He's wanting to make an impact immediately, potentially as early as the season opener against Memphis. Under Jeff Coons, what does he have to do to get to that point? And what's your evaluation of him, a highly ranked player that you signed in February? Well, you know, Lakia has been uh, has been great as far as the work ethic he's put in his first month on campus. You know, he's uh, every meeting, both academically, football, uh, and then obviously when he's with Coach Jackson. The big thing for him, obviously, he came in. He he's really was focused on graduating from junior college and getting his grades that he needed, and he did a great job doing that and getting here. 
Um, he, when he came in, he just he's been out of he hasn't been in the Division One strength program and running, so he's got to come in and get in shape, uh, get his his body kind of back transformed where it was when he was playing out at Dodge City. Uh, but the biggest thing for him is just going to be to know what to do. He's obviously a talented guy, uh, you know, that has the ability to be really good in this defense. But if he doesn't know what to do and 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 how to you know fit within, and he's a guy that these other guys have 15 practices ahead of him and a lot of walkthroughs and a lot of meeting ahead of him. So he's got to catch up and, and use all of this. And uh, everything that I've seen to this point has been encouraging because he's done everything extra that we've asked him to do, you know, on his own to, to watch the film, uh, to kind of be, to be, try to step ahead, be a step ahead and, and, uh, and to learn the defense. But if he's a guy that knows what to do uh, within our scheme and the different things and adjustments within it, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do once we get into camp. I can't let you get out of here without asking about recruiting. What's it been like for you out there so far? What types of relationships have you been able to cultivate in a short time? Yeah, recruiting has been fantastic just because, you know, I'm in, um, I'm in three areas primarily that I've been in. I'm in the Dallas area that I've been in the last two years. Uh, I'm in the Mobile area that um, I was in for five years at different schools that, that, that I was in the past. So a lot of coaches down there are, are the same guys, and I have great relationships with them. And then I'm in Atlanta as well, and I spent three years in Atlanta uh, in different areas. So it's been great because, you know, in Atlanta and Mobile, when I was out in Texas, I was kind of out of sight, out of mind, and other than occasional text messages or phone calls with some guys to keep relationships. And just, hey, some of these guys I actually consider friends, you know, and, uh, it's been great to be able to get down in the schools and see them. And some of them are at different schools now that, that we're in. Uh, and so that's been great on that side of it. I feel really comfortable. Uh, but just to come in and, and the recruiting culture uh, that Coach Luke and, and that, uh, you know, Tyler Siski has set up uh, has been great. And it's, it's one that it just kind of naturally fit. And to be able to go on the road and, and be with coordinators and, and active recruiters like we have on our staff has been has been great. Uh, I couldn't be more happy to be a part of it. Um, and, and then obviously it goes back to Coach Luke. I mean, you can't have a great recruiting staff without a great recruiting head coach. And um, it's, it's, it's almost impossible to do. And uh, he couldn't be more helpful. He couldn't be more active uh, in recruiting, uh, in, in texting players and talking to players and uh, talking to coaches and, and to be corresponding with us uh, and how it's all kind of put together with Tyler. Uh, so it's it's been great. One that was really really easy to just step into that late uh, in spring uh, after missing a junior day after doing a couple different things. Uh, but it's it's uh, you can obviously you can see that there's some definite momentum going right now. We hope to keep that going, and uh, you know trusting our evaluations and it all goes back to what the evaluation process is and having confidence in your evaluation process and and uh, we definitely do and uh, that's that's something that I, I feel really strongly about. Last one here. It's an obvious question, and it's no disrespect to North Texas, but coming over and recruiting to Ole Miss, you're in on a different caliber of athlete. So has that been an adjustment for you in competing against the Alabamas, the LSUs, the Auburns, or is that a challenge that you welcome and enjoy going up against? What's that like, the change for you in the recruiting approach, the caliber of athlete you're recruiting? Well, there's no doubt that there's a difference. And like you said, suspect North Texas, but that was a huge draw to coming to Ole Miss. Uh, like I mentioned earlier about Coach Luke and his vision, the staff, and, uh, kind of the future going forward. We want to have a championship level. And when you come to Ole Miss, we're, we're not, you know, we're not here to just, you know, get to a bowl game. We're here to win division championships, conference championships, and compete for a national championship. And that's why you come here. And you can't do that without recruiting the best players in the country. 
And that's why that's what you embrace. And that just like I'm trying to get those inside linebackers to play at a championship level, you got to go recruit at a championship level. You know, as long as the infrastructure is in place, you have the support in place, and everyone's rolling, uh, you can do that. So, you know, and, and that's something that we've embraced being here is is recruiting at that level. And like I said, it's a team effort. And, you know, understanding that, you, you know, you're recruiting, uh, it's 24-7. And you got to have a wife that understands that. you got to have a family that understands that. And they've embraced that as well. And it's, a, it's an invaluable, um, you know, asset to have and understanding that that's that's part of this deal. And it's, it's probably the biggest part of this deal uh, in coaching in, in this conference against these teams and recruiting at that level. So we've embraced it. We love it. And, uh, you know, it's been great getting that build relationships. But at the end of the day, uh, they're still young men. They still want what's best for them. They still want what's best fit for them. And if you're trying to sell your program and what you can provide uh, academically, socially, and within our, with our football development, um, doesn't matter what level the kid is on, he's gonna he's gonna make that decision. So you know the evaluation is probably the biggest difference um, because they've got to be a great fit. But you got to understand can this can this guy get it done to win them all, not just win five or six or seven? Can he get it done to win them all? And that's what we're looking for. And that's that's the fun part of this thing. That's the thing that you live for, to thrive for in this profession. He's Jeff Coons, almost inside linebackers coach. It took way too long to talk to you, Jeff. But thanks for coming on. It was good stuff. Let's have you back on again. Appreciate you, bud. Ben, appreciate the time. Appreciate everything you're doing, man, for us. That was Jeff Coons, Ole Miss inside linebackers coach. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Bennett Hip at Bennett Hip. Brought to you as Talk of Champions by BNA Bank. I don't know about you, but I want my banking made simple. And I certainly want to trust the people who've got my money. Well, if you're like me, BNA Bank is where you need to go. Maybe you're a student just starting out. You don't know much about personal banking or business banking, loan services. Well, I tell you who does. BNA Bank, be it Mike Staten, Bo Collins, Vance Witt, my buddy Bob Spencer. These are friends of the podcast. Ole Miss fans, sure, but more importantly, they care about you. They're going to take care of you. They're going to make sure that your banking experience is done flawlessly, comfortably, and with trust and respect. With a five-star rating from Bauer Financial and an excellent rating from Weiss Ratings. BNA Bank is recognized as one of the strongest financial institutions in the country. But where can you find them? How about bnabank.com? Or give them a call, 662-534-8171. 662-534-8171. BNA's main office and two branch offices are located in New Albany, my hometown, with another branch located in Myrtle, two branches in Tupelo and Lee County, Mississippi, and one loan production office in Oxford. Where you put your money matters. And the only place to put your money, the only place that Ben Garrett puts his money is BNA Bank. So check them out, bnabank.com, 662-534-8171. There's no other place. They've helped me, they'll help you. Tell them Ben Garrett to Talk of Champions sent you. And now, back to Talk of Champions. I don't know if you saw this, Bennett, but Mississippi State recently held an MSU media clinic. It was yesterday, in fact, where Coach Moore had sat down, had the media in attendance, and went over some different concepts, be it run, pass, mostly run concepts, specifically mm-hmm. as Sports Talk Mississippi reported on Twitter, the inside zone, which is so important to Mississippi State and Joe Moorhead's offensive philosophy. There was a little pushback on this, some Ole Miss fans making fun of it. Ole Miss fans, Mississippi State fans, anything that's done, they're going to make fun of it. But someone asked me, I think it was on the Ole Miss Spirit message board, might have been on Twitter, I can't remember, if I would be interested in attending something like that or what my thoughts were on that. I thought it was interesting. I'm going to be honest. I'd have been in there, and it has nothing to do with brainwashing the media 
or trying to get in the good graces of the media or get favorable reporting, whatever. I would be interested to sit down and listen to Rich Rod explain core concepts to his philosophy and what matters to him. And I could report on that in a realistic and fair way. Now, I can't say that about Mississippi State, not when Steve Robertson's a part of it, but I thought it was an interesting idea. And I make fun of a lot of things in regards to that beat. But I thought this was interesting. I'd have been down for it. Would you? No, I think it's very smart. And I think uh, there's some NFL teams that have started to do it as well. And I just think it's um, because obviously you're going to be you're going to be unbiased in your media and there's a separation there. But I do think for I think it's beneficial for both sides to kind of get their message out in terms of this is what we're running. This is what we're trying to do. Um, because I think it helps from a media side. I think it helps having a better understanding from a schematic and a philosophy standpoint. I think it helps your writing. I think it helps the big picture, um, you know, because media do frame so much of the, the narrative and the big picture around a program and a season. I, I think it's really good to kind of show them, hey, this is what we're doing you're not giving away trade secrets or anything, but just a kind of an outline of, hey, this is what we're doing. This is why it's important. This is how it works, that kind of stuff. I, I think it's really good. I think it's really smart. And I, I think it's a really – I think more schools and more teams should do it. And so I, I think it's a smart move by Joe Moorhead. I, I think that's a really good idea. I'm all for it. And that's why I started those study halls. And if you haven't checked them out, they're on the Ole Miss Bear. I do them during football season. I started it last year. So you could actually see – what's happening on the field, how things are created. And it's the same deal with this, with the MSU Media Clinic. We could all claim that we're sports geniuses, but we're not. I could tell you about a three-tech, but I can't tell you why Joe Moorhead's inside zone concepts are drastically different or a difference in philosophy than, say, Rich Rod. They can explain that to you. They can show those different variations to you. And it's okay to rely on someone else's expertise to better enlighten the people that listen to what you have to say or read your stuff. Yeah, and you're also not going to come out of it acting or or supposing as like some sort of football expert now. But it, I think it helps because football is such a so complex. And if you're from a background that you didn't play football past like the high school level or whatever – or you didn't play football at all, but you're covering the sport, I think it really helps to have some sort of introduction from an X's and O's philosophy standpoint as to what's going on. And I think it really helps explain things, and getting that base level of knowledge can really help. During the season, a certain play happens, something breaks down. Because you've had that information exposed to you, you kind of understand, okay, that's this is what they're trying to do. Let's go back and look and figure out what happened to make it go wrong. So I think it's a really good idea. I think it's really smart. And um, I think it's something that more schools should really look at doing. And, and really not just football. I think it could be very helpful for basketball as well, breaking down just, hey, this is our – you know, offensive concepts, defensive concepts, what we're trying to do. Because I, I think, especially in basketball, a lot of people, if you're a casual fan, you just watch the game and you don't really understand what they're, they're running plays or set motions or anything like that. But if it's exposed to you, to someone that covers the team, they can expose it to you and you start to understand a little bit more. So um, kind of a domino effect. And I think it could be really helpful for all involved. And we're conduits to the fans. That's what we do. 
They can't sit in that room and listen to Joe Moorhead explain his inside zone philosophy. Fans will want to hear about it. There is a line you can't cross. There has to be an understanding of trust, and I don't think that Mississippi State has that trust, what the media thinks its uh, responsibility, its role is supposed to be, and what the coaches and their media relations staff believe their role is supposed to be. But at Ole Miss, there's trust in that. There's some will roll their eyes, Mississippi State fans specifically, but there is. There's a trust and understanding there. But I'm a conduit to the fans. So if the fans would want to hear about Rich Rod and his offensive philosophy, I would absolutely go and explain it and relay to them what was said to us. They can't go sit in that room. I can. It would be right. irresponsible not to go sit and listen to him. Well, yeah, I think it just really helps all involved. Uh, I think it makes them more informed from a media standpoint, which kind of helps from a fan standpoint, understanding what's going on. And, and especially for a scheme that's, as I don't know if com- complex is the right word, but yeah, it's not so right very, word. so very different from the usual. You know, Rich Rod's scheme is something that um, really kind of took over the game. It's become kind of part of really everyone's playbook. But his, it's so different uh, outside the norm that I, I think having that understanding of what it actually is and say and being able to say more than just oh, it's a zone read or it's you know this or that. I think it'd be really helpful. So. Uh, I think it's a smart idea, and and it, it would be beneficial for everyone involved. Last thing before we get out of here, TD was officially announced as a new member of the Toronto Raptors. It's done. Two-year contract, one-year guarantee. Financial details weren't announced by the Raptors when they released their press release about him signing with the Toronto Raptors. But a great fit, I think. A 3-and-D wing is Terrence Davis now, and he couldn't have asked for a better opportunity Thrilled for him, a first-year full guarantee. He's on the roster. He's going to participate in the summer league with the Raptors. What'd you think about that? I hadn't gotten your thoughts about TD and the Raptors. I'm interested in that answer from Bennett, too. But before we get to that, let me tell you about Cheney's Pharmacy. For all your pharmaceutical needs, Cheney's Pharmacy is the place to go. Cheney's offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. It's a locally-owned pharmacy that has been in Oxford over 40 years. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. So give them a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can find them online at Cheney's Pharmacy. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. I'm really happy for him. That was such a tough deal during the draft because I think both me, you, there were a lot of people around Ole Miss that really expected him to get drafted and were expecting that to be a kind of a big moment, not just for him, but for the program. That was all the information Ole Miss and TD were getting, that he was going to go no later than 42, 45? Yeah, exactly. So... Um, when that didn't happen, I think there was a lot of shock and just kind of surprise just because he had had such a good pre-draft process. And then everything kind of came out that, hey, he could have been picked, but him and his agent decided to to kind of bet on themselves and to say, we're not going to take a two-way. We're going to go play summer league and we're going to try and get a deal outside of that. Because, you know, from a money standpoint, a contractual standpoint, a two-way contract is extremely favorable for the team, not so much for the player. So if you can avoid that, if at all possible, you should. But I think the the counterpoint to that would be 
you're getting an opportunity to play in the league. You should take it. And Terrence said, no, I'm going to go bet on myself. He goes to summer league. He has one big game and the Raptors swoop in and he, he's got a guaranteed deal for the first year. Minimum salaries, you know, somewhere 600,000, I think for a rookie, um, something like that. So that's guaranteed money. You're in a really cool city in Toronto and you're going to be able to play most likely. And that's a team that, They've got one more year with all their big guys, Gasol, Ibaka, Kyle Lowry. But they're going to re- be rebuilding, and they're going to need guys like Terrence Davis to give them a shot and see if they can be rotation guys. So from a money standpoint, from an opportunity standpoint, I, I think it's a really perfect situation, and I'm really happy for him that it worked out. And um, it, it's just um, really, really cool to see betting on himself like he did work out in the way it has so really happy for him and excited to see him uh, in a Raptors uniform shout out to his representation because I'll be honest when it's he announced on Twitter move, man yeah when he announced on Twitter that he wasn't going to do a two-way deal oh I was I was thinking to myself okay uh, TD TD take take the deal if they're there take something and get in the league but they said no and they went to the NBA Summer League and his representation talked to I think it was 20 some odd teams and said look if y'all don't sign him right now, if you don't give him a contract right now, if he goes and plays, you're not going to get him. And sure enough, he went and played and got a guarantee from the Raptors. And a lot of teams that might have otherwise been interested in him, that were interested in him leading up to the draft, they missed out. So good on him and good on his reps. I didn't think that it was a good idea to skip out on the two-way. And I understand how team-friendly they are for um, all the organizations out there that give these players two-way deals but you you made the point exactly if you get an opportunity you take the opportunity td didn't he bet on himself and his reps to their credit didn't allow him to take a two-way deal the interest was there which needs to be noted there was a lot of draft enthusiasm for terrence davis the clippers didn't think he'd be there for them when they picked in the 40s and yet he went undrafted a lot of things go into the second round of the draft there's no guarantees in the draft. To be honest with you, TD got a better arrangement than some of the second round picks getting a full year guarantee by the Raptors. Some don't even get that. So to be right. able to come out of that process so disappointed for being undrafted and to still end up at a place that is not only a guarantee, but potentially better than many of those guys who got drafted in front of you, you couldn't have asked for a better situation considering the circumstances for him and considering how everything played out. So Good on TD, man. I'm thrilled for him. Yeah, it's just a really good good situation. And um, we kind of always said all along, and people were skeptical for whatever reason, that his kind of skill set would be intriguing to NBA teams, even though the production was inconsistent at times. And, you know, he had the rough junior year and, and came back and had a pretty good senior year. But um, I, I just think, uh, as we kind of said, th- there was going to be interest. And his pre-draft process was so good going to ports the to the Portsmouth and playing well, getting into the G League combine, getting into the regular combine, doing all that so well. Um it, it's really has worked out well and, and Toronto's a great fit for him and there's gonna be plenty of time available. And so if he kind of keeps going doing what he's doing, there's a real chance that look down the road in a couple of years and he's a rotation player for a for an NBA team. And for Ole Miss that's a big deal. For Terrence that's a big deal. Uh, for Carmen Davis on the recruiting trail, it's a big deal. So um, kudos to him, and I'm just excited to see where it goes. He profiles as a 3-and-D wing. He's not there yet, but that's what the NBA covets. 
He has to get more consistent defensively with his three-point shot, which he upped last year under Kermit Davis. There's a lot to like about Terrence Davis, and if you can tap into that, if you're the Raptors, you're going to have a hell of a 3 and D and, and that's an organization that's done well developing young guys. You know, Fred Van Fleet was an undrafted guy. Pascal Siakam is a, you know, was a raw kind of project, and they've turned him to a guy that's going to be the focus – the focal point of their team after this season. So that's an organization that kind of knows what they're doing from a development standpoint. And obviously uh, for them to jump in after one game, of summer league with a two year deal and a one year full guarantee on the front end, obviously they see something and they've got a plan for him and he's going to have some time to kind of grow and, and develop because he's not a, not a finished product by any means. So it's um, it really worked out well for all involved. Is there anything sports-wise you're looking forward to watching this weekend? Ole Miss is off for the most part. There's nothing to pay attention to for Ole Miss. So changing (laughs) the question up, not the Ole Miss sport or Ole Miss sporting event that you're most looking forward to this weekend, just sporting event in general. I think the Braves are all we got, man. Braves, uh, Wimbledon, it'll be championship weekend for Wimbledon. So Friday is Federer-Nadal version 40. And then Saturday, the women's final, and then Sunday is the men's final. So that's kind of it. Uh, tennis, and, tennis and the Braves is that kind of slow part of the, of the sports calendar. So excited for both. It'll be be very happy to have the Braves back in action. The All-Star break is nice, but um, after a couple of days, it's nice to be nice to have baseball back again. He's Bennett Hip at Bennett Hip. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben. Subscribe, rate, review, talk of champions and iTunes. Also available on SoundCloud and wherever you get your podcast. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com and affiliate of 247 Sports. Thanks, man. We'll do it again. Absolutely. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time and if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars limited time only price and participation may vary cannot be combined with any other offer single item at regular price Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.